from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit slash hypergig with details. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that believes there's no time like the present to learn about the past. I'm Gay Bluesier, and in this episode, we're talking about a passionate crusader for pacifism and social reform who still hasn't gotten her full due. Her name was Jeanette Rankin, and she demonstrated a level of steadfastness and courage seldom seen in American politics today. The day was November 7th, 1916. Jeanette Rankin became the first woman in American history to win a seat in Congress. The 36-year-old Republican suffragist was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives as one of two congressional reps for her home state of Montana. Her achievement was especially notable since it occurred four years before the constitutional amendment that gave American women the right to vote. Jeanette Rankin was born on June 11, 1880, on a ranch near Missoula in the Montana Territory, nine years before it became a state. She was the oldest of seven children born to John and Olive Rankin. Her father was a Scottish-Canadian immigrant who owned a successful local mill, and her mother was a schoolteacher. Jeanette and her siblings worked on the family ranch in their youth. Many of her tasks were ones traditionally associated with women, such as household chores and caring for her younger sisters. 
But she also worked outdoors, maintained machinery, and headed up construction projects. She often worked right alongside her brother and other male workers, and that equal opportunity approach to labor left a deep impression on her. Later in life, Rankin recalled noticing, even as a child, how unfair it was that while frontier men and women worked as equals to start a homestead, they did not have equal rights or an equal voice in government. As she put it, quote, Men and women are like right and left hands. It doesn't make sense not to use both. As an adult, Rankin endeavored to help her nation make more sense. After graduating with a biology degree from the University of Montana, she moved to San Francisco and took a job in the fledgling field of social work. Several years later, she relocated to Seattle to continue her education at the University of Washington. There, she got involved in the women's suffrage movement and began lobbying for an amendment to Washington's state constitution. Her efforts paid off, and in November of 1910, Washington became the fifth state to grant women the right to vote. Rankin was eager to replicate that success across the country. First, she helped organize the New York Women's Suffrage Party, and then promoted a similar suffrage bill in that state's legislature. Then, in 1911, she returned to Montana and spent the next three years fighting for the enfranchisement of women in her home state. Thanks to her coordinated efforts and sensible appeals, Montana joined the ranks of other western states like Wyoming and Colorado by granting women the vote in November of 1914. Following that success, Rankin switched tactics. Instead of securing the vote one state at a time, she would join the federal government and fight for women's rights from within. It was an ambitious task because although women were eligible to serve in Congress, none actually had. Sad to say, but when men were the only ones with the vote, a woman candidate didn't stand much chance of winning. But in Montana, and six other states, women now had the vote too. That new political dynamic convinced Rankin to throw her hat into the ring of the 1916 election. She mounted a grassroots campaign with a decidedly progressive platform and went after one of the state's two available congressional seats. In August of that year, she got the most votes in the state's primary, besting the runner-up by about 7,000 votes. Despite her decisive victory, the Republican Party didn't offer Rankin much support and spent hardly any money on her campaign. However, Rankin got the word out anyway, and her policies gained support among women and men alike. Her platform called for women's suffrage and for the institution of an eight-hour workday for women. She also advocated for laws to better protect children from exploitation, and as a devout pacifist, she pushed for the U.S. to remain neutral during World War I. Montana voters backed Rankin's ideas, and on November 7, 1916, she officially became the first woman in the United States to be elected to Congress. Much like the Montana GOP, many congressmen in D.C. were unenthused about a woman joining the House. In fact, Rankin's entrance to Congress was delayed by a full month while they bickered over whether or not they were really going to admit a woman. Finally, on April 2nd, 1917, the boys got out of the way, and Jeanette Rankin was sworn in as the first female member in the House of Representatives. It turned out to be a pivotal day in her political career in more ways than one. That's because just a few hours after she was sworn in, President Woodrow Wilson addressed Congress, 
urging it to declare war and authorize the nation's entry into World War I. The matter was put to a vote four days later, and though Rankin feared it might hurt the cause of suffrage and damage her chances of re-election, she refused to betray her own principles. I want to stand by my country, she told her colleagues, but I cannot vote for war. And so, the first vote cast by a woman in the U.S. Congress was no on a declaration of war. Forty-nine male colleagues joined her in that objection, but the resolution ultimately passed, with 373 representatives voting in its favor. Much of the public supported Rankin's anti-war stance, but she still took a lot of heat in the press. Some even drew the frustrating conclusion that her vote proved women were too emotional to make the tough choices required of national leaders. The New York Times, for example, reported that, quote, Miss Rankin's vote is regarded not as that of a pacifist, but rather as one dictated by the inherent abhorrence of women for war. Despite the controversy surrounding her, Rankin remained an active and productive member of Congress. She championed the creation of the Committee on Women's Suffrage and helped build support for a voting rights amendment that would extend suffrage to women nationally. She convinced many of her House colleagues to get on board with the resolution by connecting it directly to the vote to enter World War I. She asked them, quote, How shall we explain the meaning of democracy if the same Congress that voted to make the world safe for democracy refuses to give this small measure of democracy to the women of our country? Swayed by her arguments, the House passed the resolution, but it was eventually defeated in the Senate. The same resolution was proposed again, though, in 1919, and that time it passed both chambers. The following year, it was ratified by three-fourths of the states and became the 19th Amendment, the one that finally granted women the right to vote. Rankin's efforts had directly paved the way for the amendment's passage, but sadly, she wasn't there to witness the historic moment. Her no vote on World War I overshadowed much of her other work in Congress. So much so that in 1918, she lost her bid for a seat in the Senate, finishing third in the general election. For the next two decades, Rankin continued to labor for the cause of peace in the private sector, both as a lobbyist and, once again, as a social worker. Then, in 1940, she made her triumphant return to Congress, winning back her seat in the House of Representatives. She wasn't alone that time. Five other women joined her in the House that year, and two more in the Senate. Congress was a bit more welcoming to women by that point, but its tolerance for pacifists had fallen sharply in the interwar years. That proved unfortunate, as Rankin began her second term at the dawn of the Second World War. Then, just two years later, she found herself faced with the same difficult question that had tanked her career 20 years earlier. On December 8, 1941, the day after the infamous attack on Pearl Harbor, President Franklin Roosevelt spoke before a joint session of Congress and called for a formal declaration of war on Japan. The Senate passed that resolution in less than an hour, and the House followed suit almost as quickly. The lone voice of dissent during the vote was that of Jeanette Rankin, and it was met with boos and hisses from other members of the House. Several colleagues implored her to change her vote or to abstain altogether in order to make the resolution unanimous. But she refused, saying, quote, As a woman, I can't go to war, and I refuse to send anyone else. 
The final vote was 388 to 1, making Rankin the only representative to vote against entry to both world wars. As you might imagine, Rankin's public image was once again tarnished by her vote. She was scorned so badly by the press and by her fellow politicians that once her term was up, she didn't even bother running for re-election. That marked the end of Rankin's career in public office, but she continued to serve as a spokesperson for pacifism and social reform for decades to come. For instance, in 1967, she organized the Jeanette Rankin Brigade and began leading a number of high-profile protest marches against the Vietnam War. She was in her late 80s by that point, and would not live to see the U.S. pull out of Vietnam in 1975. Instead, she died two years earlier, just a few weeks before her 93rd birthday. Jeanette Rankin's lifelong dedication to the cause of peace earned her the nickname The Original Dove in Congress. It was a title she would have been proud to hold, because when asked later in life if she ever regretted the vote she cast, Rankin clung just as firmly to her principles as ever. She replied, Never. If you're against war, you're against war, regardless of what happens. It's a wrong method of trying to settle a dispute. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can always send them my way at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.